Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with David Bensima, CIO at Baptist Health. In this segment, Bensima talks about his team's 15-month epic rollout strategy, which builds in time for fixes along the way, how they hope to personalize the system for individual users, and why he doesn't like the word optimization. Hi, David. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. My pleasure, Kate. Thank you. Sure. So to give our readers and listeners uh, some information, can you just talk a little bit about Baptist Health, uh, you know, what you have in terms of hospitals, um, you know, ambulatory care, things like that? Sure. Baptist Health is a uh, seven-hospital system in Kentucky. We cover the breadth of Kentucky from Paducah in the far west to Corbin in the far southeast. Um, our hospitals range in size from 100 to 450 beds. A uh, total of approximately 2,100 um, acute care beds in the system. We have currently one up-and-running transitional care unit, um, LTAC, um, and we have two long-term um, acute care facilities in Madisonville and Paducah that are going to be going online shortly. We also have a psychiatric unit in our Corbin Hospital, and then we have approximately 180 um, ambulatory sites of care, which would include imaging centers, ambulatory surgery centers, um, physical therapy offices, but also then primary and specialty physician offices. We employ uh, 450 um, plus, probably plus 10 by now because uh, it moves fast, as you know, 450 right. physicians, an additional 250 to uh, 280 non-physician uh, providers, APRNs and PAs. Uh, we have uh, 17 currently um, retail sites in the uh, Walmart um, super centers um, staffed by APRNs, their limited service clinics. And then we also um, have a number of urgent care centers, uh, approximately six in the uh, Louisville, Kentuckiana region and uh, two additional in the Lexington, Richmond area um, and one in Paducah. Uh, so we cover the full spectrum. We have um, a, home, a very active home health agency that is in the process of assimilating a couple of uh, purchases to expand our breadth of um, support even further. Uh, we do not have skilled nursing facilities. Um, we align with and affiliate with uh, skilled nursing facilities throughout the state to provide that portion of the continuum of care. and. Um, we uh, deliver one in four babies in Kentucky and make uh, one in, uh, I believe, one in four cancer diagnoses uh, in Kentucky. Uh, we uh, just finished doing our update of the uh, Master Patient Index for EPIC, and we have 2.3 million entries in that in a state of 4.2 million population. So uh, we touch a lot of lives and uh, very, very active in the state. Okay. Just to give some idea, and how long have you been CIO there? Um, I am just barely over one year in the role of CIO. Um, April 24th was the anniversary of accepting the position. Okay. And prior to that, you held the CMIO role. Right. I uh, became CMIO in uh, July, on July 1st of 2013 and held that position and then added the CIO role to it in April of 2014 and continue to have both those roles. Okay. Okay. So that, that plays it with, into what I wanted to talk about with uh, the, the clinical application environment. Now, um, 
as far as the EPIC rollout. At what point would you say that the rollout is right now? We are just beginning uh, four, if you know the EPIC world. Um, so it's the testing and implementation phase. Um, we are still immersed in the build. Uh, most of the ambulatory um, clinical content and order sets have been built. Mm -hmm. The acute uh, phase clinical content and order sets are being built. We will be doing testing of those over the summer with a target um, date of July 27th to have completed that testing. Uh, we have corporate goals uh, to have the ambulatory uh, workflows and testing and um, applications all ready to go on August 31st. Um, that's the end of our fiscal year, so we need to have 90% uh, plus of those ready to go. Um, we'll actually um, make that quite handily at this point. Um, as you know, in, in the build process, it's always kind of touch and go, but we are far enough along that we are, are very confident we'll make that goal. And um, we'll have our first clinic go lives October 27th of 2015 with two early adopter clinics to make sure that we've got things um, put together the right way, uh, find the glitches that will inevitably be there, uh, though we are very hopeful and confident that those will be minimal. Uh, the team's been doing a great job, but we do know that there's glitches, and so we want to be able to find that with a very supportive environment and a smaller cadre of patients and staff um, before we initiate the rest of the rollout. Okay. <clears throat> and w what is the approximate size of those clinics? That they're smaller? The, the two clinics are uh, primary care ambulatory uh, practices. Both are family medicine, and mm -hmm. each has five physicians and three non-physician providers, uh, so a total of 10 physicians and six non-physician providers will go live October 27th. Okay. That, that's certainly a strategy that makes sense as far as, like you said, starting with a, a clinic of that size and then um, whatever does need to be adjusted, fixed, it becomes at least, at least a little more uh, easier to move on from there. Right, right. We'll go with two waves in the Kentuckiana region. And Kentuckiana for us means uh, Louisville and LaGrange where we have hospitals. We have physician practices obviously in a um, kind of penumbra around each of those hospitals. And so there's approximately um, 150 uh, providers, uh, physicians and APRNs in those two sites, those two markets in the various practices. And so we'll do two waves, a January and a February wave of go-lives in those practices um, before we come live in the hospitals. Okay. The, the entire rollout, how long is it in total? How many months? Uh, approximately 15 months. Uh, mm -hmm. Start October 27th of 2015, and the last hospital go-lives will be January 17th of 2017. Okay. So your strategy as far as the hospitals, do you imagine that that's going to be similar as far as uh, going on a one-by-one -one basis? It's going to be um, in regions, so the mm -hmm. Kentuckiana region will obviously first get the physician practices up and running uh, with a focus on um, the ambulatory primary care practices being the earliest uh, wave so that the EPIC record begins to be created and populated in addition to whatever we do in the um, both electronic and manual um, abstraction conversion process, we want to start having the primary care physicians build up the problem lists and the medication lists, et cetera, so that when the hospital goes live on March 5th of 2016, 
there will already exist a record for a large percentage of our uh, patients, um, certainly not all of our patients because uh, we have a number of very highly valued affiliated independent physicians. Um, being a physician myself, I love seeing when physicians are able to continue in independent practices. And okay. so as we do our EPIC implementation, we're very aware of that and how we support those independent physicians and involve those independent physicians in the inpatient build. Uh, so we'll have completed all of our training in, in February of 2016 and go live March 5th in those first two hospitals. And then the next region will start with the physician practices in April and May um, in the uh, Lexington and Corbin and Richmond area, which um, basically goes north-south on I-75 through Kentucky. Um, and we'll have those physicians all completed by the end of May and come live in um, mid-late June um, after Father's Day before Fourth of July, you know, you've got a time to go live so around the major family events and um, holidays because we want our staff to forego um, their vacation time during the two weeks of go live because we need them present. We need them not only for staffing, but obviously because we don't want to have any impairment of patient care. We want to make sure that the quality and the safety of our patients' um, experience is paramount. But then we also need them to be learning how to use EPIC in their clinical settings or in their everyday roles. Uh, so we freeze um, vacation time during the go-lives. So again, avoiding holidays, avoiding major family events. Uh, but we'll do the two hospitals, Lexington and Corbin, in June, and then uh, move on to the West region and bring the physicians up in July and August, and bring up uh, Baptist Health Paducah in September, that leaves off two of our hospitals, uh, Baptist Health Richmond and Baptist Health Madisonville. Um, those two hospitals, uh, Madisonville is on a separate contractual agreement with the current inpatient uh, vendor, and so their timing was different than the first five hospitals. And then Richmond is on a totally different um, electronic health record on the inpatient basis than all the other hospitals. Um, so doing it separately made sense as well. So we'll bring Madisonville and Richmond up in January of 2017, and those will be the last two of our seven hospitals to go live. Right, okay. What do you picture that the, the process will look like as far as you know, going with that first region um, and then just you know, applying whatever would need to be applied to the next hospitals? Like how is that something that you think will be mapped out? A couple of things. Um, one, obviously, even as you're going live, you have the um, command center and we'll be troubleshooting things and making adjustments that are required immediately, immediately. Um, there's always going to be one of those where you find out, ah, we left a gap and we've got to close that gap, so we'll have our teams there to work on that. Uh, but then we will take the lessons learned from those two weeks. We'll be getting feedback from all the end users and we'll do two things with that. One, we'll revise as needed and able before the next one, those three month, in, uh, two months between, but every third month cycles gives us some time for uh, revision um, and improvement. Um, we decided this past weekend that optimization is not my favorite term um, because I don't know that we can ever optimize, but we can always continuously improve. So we'll apply continuous improvement principles and go live with the next hospitals with the improvements identified in place, still learn more, 
improve again, still learn more, improve again, and even after the last go live, then you come back for um, consolidation of the learning, consolidation of the adoption, making sure that you're finding where you've got pinch points. And we'll do that in each of the hospitals at 60 to 90 days post go live. We'll have a secondary team that kind of sweeps back and does that cleanup operation that finding out where you're struggling with adoption, where the bottlenecks are, and make sure that we enhance um, the use and understanding. Um, you know, we have a process called uh, personalization labs and it's not unique to us, it's an epic um, thing, but it's also a lot of other EHRs where once you've trained somebody to do the basic use of the product, then you want to do a personalization lab to where they can create their own smart sets, order sets, smart text, um, and be able to conform the screen view in a way that works with their eye flow and their workflow. Um, so we want to make sure that we not only do that before they go live, but then come back at 60 to 90 days and say, okay, where are you struggling? And be able to help them personalize in a way that overcomes some of those barriers. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.